Welcome back to day number two here. It's a Tuesday on the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and coming back for another episode today. You can go check out my website, MillerThomas24.MyPortfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, guys, it's pretty jam-packed as usual. We're going to be talking about Nick Ahmed today as we continue our Spotlight Player Series where we break down the 2019 season of every player on the D-backs roster till opening day. And then we just do a little pre- uh, preview for them as well as we look ahead to the 2020 season. And then for segment number two today, you guys are going to want to stay tuned because it's Talk To Me Tuesdays. And we got a special guest in for you guys. We got Austin Grad. He works with the Arizona Dimebacks right now. He's interning with us. So he's got some great insight, some great knowledge. And he's going to be joining the show for segment number two today. So you guys are not going to so you guys are not going to want to miss that today. But first, if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Dimebacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at MillerThomas24 or LockedOnDimebacks at gmail.com to find out more. That's LockedOnDimebacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, for segment number one today, we're going to be talking about Nick Ahmed, and it actually worked out perfectly. I didn't even plan this. Nick Ahmed, in case you guys didn't hear, yesterday was actually uh, extended, re-signed. So not even technically re-signed because he's still under contract, but just extended by the Arizona Dimebacks through the 2023 MLB season. He will get a four-year deal worth $32.5 million. Just another great bargain contract under the Mike Hazen era. Another less than $10 million contract. There's only one position player on the Dimebacks currently. Getting paid more than $10 million a year. That is Starling Marte. So another about, another about $8 million annually for Nick Ahmed, which is just a bargain for a guy like that. And Ahmed right now is coming off the best season of his career. Let me uh, tell you real quick the career highs he had because he pretty much had it in every category. Career high in batting average, 254. Career high in home runs, 19. Career high in RBIs, 80. Run scored, 79. And OPS. This guy was pretty good last year, pretty solid. He wasn't anything spectacular offensively, but that is not his strength. His strength is... His defense. He is a defensive wizard for the Arizona Dimebacks. That's his biggest strength, his biggest tool. Defensive run saved. DSR loves Nick Ahmed. They think he's exceptional. And StatCast number outs above average. That's stat outs above average. They think he's exceptional at that as well. So those are two major key defensive metrics. Now, of course, defensive metrics are harder to rate and judge, but people track them, and according to the metrics, he's one of the best in the business. Also evident by his back-to-back gold glove winnings in the last two seasons. He's the only dime-back shortstop to do that in the franchise's history. No one's ever done it before. He's the only one, and then he's the only infielder to win back-to-back gold gloves since Orlando Hudson. 
back in 06 and 07. So it's been a while since we've seen an infielder win it back-to-back as well. So that just goes to show you how good he is defensively. But what you really like about Nick Ahmed is not just his defense. It's not just his uh, offensive production because that's only about league average. It's where he gets. It's when he gets that offensive production. What timing it is, and when you look at the numbers, Nick Ahmed is great against the left-handed hitters. He batted 312 last year against lefties, which is huge considering he only batted 254. And then Nick Ahmed is also a guy that needs to be ahead in the count. If you take a look at his numbers as well in that category, he batted 305 with a 1018 OPS when ahead in the count, and then 184 and a 494 OPS when behind in the count. So it goes to show you, if he's going against a lefty and he's ahead of the count, he's most likely going to mash the ball. But otherwise, if he's going against right-handed pitchers or if he's behind in the count, his numbers are not going to be the same. So that's one of the reasons why his offensive production looks, you know, pretty league average. He's not going to do anything spectacular, but he is trending in the right direction. If you just look at the totality of his career, he was nabbed as a defensive wizard in the minors, made his debut in 2014 has steadily been increasing his offensive production across the board, getting a little bit better by better each season in pretty much every statistical category. So we saw the culmination in all of it last season, finally starting to produce and break out a little bit, maybe continues the upward trend. He's obviously going to the, going into his age 30 campaign, so usually players around then don't continue to get better. But 30 years old in baseball, it's pretty young, especially when you got guys like Nick Ahmed who are making their de- uh, debut around 25 years old. So Nick Ahmed still has a lot of time left in the game, still a lot to learn. That's why he was able to garner a four-year contract. And the thing with Nick Ahmed, too, that I like is that he gives you some pretty solid bottom-of-the-order, ba- bottom-of-the-batting-order production. He batted primarily 7th last year. So when you're getting about 19 homers from your 7th spot, you know, 80 ribbies, 80 runs scored, you're going to uh, gratefully take that. He'll probably bat 7th uh, again this year, maybe 8th. I think it really just depends on who's going to be the starting catcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks and how they want to utilize him. I think if there's a lefty on the mound, you put Nick Ahmed in. Otherwise, if there's a righty. Maybe I think if there's a lefty on the mound, Nick Ahmed bats seventh, and then maybe if there's a righty, he bats eighth. I think Carson Kelly could really push for that seventh uh, spot in the lineup. I think him or Stephen Voigt, whoever the catcher is that day, is going to be vying for the seventh spot. But right now, I'd say Nick Ahmed is the favorite for the seventh spot in the batting order, unless we see uh, Carson Kelly uh, make his way in there. And see if he starts to continue that breakout season that he started having a little bit. If he continues to build on that 18 home runs, maybe he eclipses the 20 home run mark. He'll probably pass Nick Ahmed in the lineup. But for now, it remains to be seen. Otherwise, Nick Ahmed is going to be your average starting catcher in the MLB. He's not going to be two up or two down. It's kind of like David Peralta. He's going to be pretty much a steady Eddie. David Peralta is going to probably do more for you offensively, of course. He's more of a close to a 30 home run guy and 300 average hitter. Uh, Nick Ahmed won't be as close to those numbers, but he's going to give you solid production. Shortstop position is starting to make its comeback now, but it's been a weaker position in baseball for some time now. So the fact that you can get 19 home runs from a guy like that out of your seventh spot, it speaks a lot of volumes. 
Nick Ahmed is just the kind of guy to put his heart out on and just go to work every day. He's not going to complain. He's not going to get too high up or get too high up or down emotionally. He's going to be pretty consistent in that area. Just going to come in and you know what he's going to give you every day, which is great defense and average production from the offensive position, but that's okay. The Diamondbacks have a lot of guys surrounding Nick Ahmed that can hit for average and for power. And he just, uh, 19 home runs is nothing to sneeze at. So he's going to be right there being a part of the home run mashing that the, that I believe the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be doing this season. As I told you on a previous podcast, I think they're going to be top 10 in home runs by the end of the year. I think Nick Ahmed is going to be part of that formula. Now, you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because it's Talk To Me Tuesdays. We got Austin Grad on the podcast working for the Arizona Dimebacks. It's going to bring us some great inside. So stay tuned for that after this quick message. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Dimebacks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Dimeback fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Dimeback fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33 777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Locked On Dimebacks podcast here. We got our first guest of the show, Austin Grad. Austin, what would you like to say to the people real quick and your first appearance? You know, I'm excited to give all my D-backs knowledge and hopefully it could help you guys follow the team more and get some more insight on how well the season will have. Yeah, Austin right now is interning with the Arizona Dimebacks, so he's got some great insight on the team and we're just going to talk to him today about the D-backs and their overall season for the 2020 MLB season. So, Austin, a lot of people have the Diamondbacks around 85 wins. About 84 and a half is about the over-under on the team. So what would you say your expectations are for the team? Do you think they're a playoff team, or do you see them in that 85 range and just missing it? Well, you know, with the moves they made this offseason, obviously getting started Marte a week or so ago um, in the trade, it was a great acquisition to get a former All-Star. You know, he's been to the playoffs before with the Pirates, and he's been in those same types of games that the Diamondbacks have struggled to get over the hump in which have been the wild card games. And, you know, everyone around the team, the clubhouse organization, they all expect to be competing for that NL West, you know, chip. And if they don't get it, obviously, with the Dodgers there, they expect to fully make the playoffs. So I expect them to actually eclipse 85 wins. I think their bullpen's going to play better this year. They're, you know, more pronounced in the starting lineup. I know they lost Granke, but, you know, I think Bumgarner's really going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to try to have his first fully healthy season for the first time in almost five years. So I think he's going to add to, you know, the whole fan base and the whole experience for the team. And I think that energy is just going to rattle on. 
Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. A lot of people have them at 85 wins, but I think they could be between 90 and 92 wins. I just love the uh, offseason acquisitions that they've had in Bumgarner, like you said, Starling Marte. Even guys like Cole Calhoun, who's solid, 33 home run guy last season. So I think they've added a lot of key pieces to upgrade their team. I think just overall, they're probably not as good as the Dodgers or some of the other top teams in the NL, but I do think they can make the playoffs as at least a wild card team. Now, they just re-signed Nick Ahmed today, four-year, $32 million contract, pretty reasonable. Uh, fun fact, Starling Marte is, the only, is their highest-paid position player, only one making double-digit figures on the team, so another great great deal by make, uh, Mike Hayes in there. So what kind of value do you think Nick Ahmed brings to the team coming off his best season as a pro in the majors? So just talk about his overall value to the Diamondbacks. You know, even with Marte real quick, he's barely eclipsing $11 million a year. So it's not like, like their payroll is really low. They have a lot of young, good players. You know, he's going to be making on average over $8 million a year. Ahmed, he had his career high in batting average last year, career high in home runs with 19. I think he's just going to, you know, scale upwards from there. He was coming into the MLB known for his defensive prowess. You know, he makes great plays left and right over there at shortstop. And, you know, if you could throw him in at the number seven spot in the lineup and he could consistently hit 250 plus, you know, have consistent, you know, shortstop power, there are around 20 home runs. I think there's only one way to go, and that's up for Ahmed. Yeah, again, I'm going to have to agree with you. Ahmed hasn't been too much of an offensive star when he first came into the league. Now he's starting to show some flashes around the diamond. His batting average was a career high, 254. Obviously, that's not the highest average compared to other players at his position. But with 19 homers, too, that's a lot of production from your shortstop position. And then if he's like your seventh or eighth guy in your lineup, that's solid production from him. Obviously, you would love to see him get that average, probably 270, 280 before what he's giving you right now. And that kind of contract, I think it's, it makes perfect sense for the D-backs. But now, transitioning from Nick Ahmed, what kind of impact do you think Starling Marte will have? We talked about him a little bit, a little bit just a few minutes ago. So he's a two-time Gold Glove winner, all-star. He played with the Pirates his whole career, and now he's coming to the D-backs. What kind of value do you think he can bring to the yeah, well, so Starling Marte is the player I've been following since he came in the league with the Pirates. I've been a Cubs fan my whole life, so I've always kept a close eye on all those NL Central foes. And I think for me, the biggest thing is he's going to be able to get on base, and when he gets on base, he is a big threat on the you know, base pass. He's able to steal bases, have, has had over 20 in the last four years, and you know he has just been running wild whenever he's on the base pass. So if he you know, leads off or bats second or whatever, He's going to be able to get in scoring position a lot. He turns singles into doubles, doubles into triples. I think he's an outstanding player for what the D-backs need, and he kind of solidifies that last outfield spot where he could be the anchor on defense and then be the leadoff or number two hitter in the lineup. Yeah, I think his base running is pretty underrated, like you just said. Uh, the way he's able to steal bases is going to be huge for the D-backs. Uh, the only everyday starter that they had in their starting lineup was Ketel Marte. He was the only one that had double-digit steals last season. That was only with 10. So uh, Starling Marte is going to be critical in that part of the D-backs uh, lineup because they don't have too many guys that could go out there and take go from first to second on a single, maybe second to third on a double. So he's going to create a lot more scoring opportunities, I believe. And I think he's going to wreak havoc on the base pass. 
Now, do you think any of these players on the D-backs will regress after last season? Some of them had breakout years, like Eduardo Escobar hit 30-plus bombs, Christian Walker at 29. So there's a lot of guys on there who people would think are primed for regression. What do you think? Do you think they'll continue this play, or do you, can you see them? Uh, a couple of them taking a step back? You know, a guy like Escobar, he's one of those players that is more prone to kind of staying consistent, just the way he hits. He knows how to keep his hands inside out and, get those, and follow the ball wherever it's thrown. On the other hand, Christian Walker, you know, he was a journeyman before this past year. And, you know, 29 home runs is a lot of home runs. He got a lot of playing time due to, you know, the lack of depth on the D-backs roster last year. But now, you know, they, they're expecting big things out of him. I expect him to regress a little bit, but, you know, I think he's still going to hit over 20 home runs. He's shown he has power and he knows how to follow the ball well as well. And if he gets his fastball or those cutters down low, he knows how to sink those out of the park. Yeah, and if either of them do have a regression, you do have a guy on your bench in Jake Lamb who's been he's been with your ball club for a few seasons now. He had a couple all-star appearances back in 2016, 2017. He had 30 home runs in each of those seasons before the last couple of years. Just injuries have riddled him. Mm -hmm. So obviously if he comes back, if those two players regress, he could step up maybe again and reclaim his spot. He is uh, entering free agency after this year, so you never know. Maybe he'll... Uh, just hit the, the top off the ball just so he could prove his value and make that money in a free agency. But I do think Eduardo Escobar and Christian Walker will continue their play from last season. I think Walker's probably more of a guy who's primed for regression just because he does have the one season of 20-plus bombs. It was his best uh, season of his career. At least Eduardo Escobar has been trending in the right direction the last few seasons. His home runs have gone up consistently the last three years. So I think if I had to pick at least one of those two who I would expect to regress, it would probably be Christian Walker. Yeah, well, if you have to say something, I think the D-backs got a huge steal from Minnesota when they got Escobar. They were not expecting anything near what he did last year. And the way he played, I think it's just going to help him improve even more going forward. Yeah, just on that same point, most of these trades that the D-backs do are just overall transactions. A lot of them are fleeces, honestly, when you look at it. I mean, they got Keltel Marte in a trade, and he wasn't even the centerpiece of the deal. They thought Taiwan Walker yeah. was going to be the main guy. So just right there. And then Christian Walker is just the guy. They signed off the streets. Like, he wasn't even on the team. <laughs> he was cut by the Reds. So just to pick him up and then all of a sudden he's your everyday starter from the jump getting you 30 bombs. I mean, it's pretty crazy what Mike Hazen's able to do, especially you see that payroll. Like, he's not he's not going out there and spending $400 million on a guy like Mookie Betts or Mike Trout. Thank you to everyone for listening. That's it for today's podcast. That's just part one of the Austin Grad interview. Tune back in next Tuesday to hear the continued conversation, and tune back in tomorrow because we're going to continue our player spotlight series with one of the pitchers. We're going to do Madison Bumgarner tomorrow, so you guys are going to want to tune in for that. Peace.